Hi everyone, Jim here and welcome to a brand new episode of Fantasy Fiverr Side. This week's guest is a YouTuber with over a million subscribers. He's the host of another Stakhanov show, the Spotify original podcast Jackmates Happy Hour. It's, of course, Jackmates. Jack, how are you doing? Very well, thank you, mate. How are you? I'm good. It's uh, it's good to have you on, on the show. I'm intrigued to see see what your your picks are. How are you how are you doing in general? How's how's YouTube? Oh, yeah, it's good. I'm actually getting content out for the first time ever because, as as everyone will be aware, can't go to the pubs, can we? No. So no. Just sat at home, just making content. Um, yeah, I I can't really complain to be honest. I know it's a very dodgy time for for a lot of people, and I do um, empathise with a lot of people, but I. My job is is all right. I just get to make stuff from at home, so I'm very, very, very lucky in that regard, Jim. Well, that's good to know. It's good to hear it. So, um, I know for a fact that you're a West Ham supporter, Jack. Yep. But you yep. you live in Norwich, don't you? Is the, what's the what's the story there? How has this happened? <laughs> I'm a plastic, you know, mate. Bloody plastic. <laughs> <laughs> a really weird plastic. <laughs> yeah. Um, my my dad's a West Ham fan because he's from uh, right. I should know. Um, I think he's from. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's from a place called Bow, which might be Bow. Yes, yeah. Uh, I lived there for a long time. Right there, you go. Small world. So he's he's from from sort of nearer that way than I am. And um, as soon as I was born, he put me in a little West Ham beanie hat, and uh, the rest is history. I don't really have a choice from that moment on. Um, got a bit of a weird relationship with West Ham fans, though. They don't seem to. Um, I, I get a lot of stick uh, off of off a few of them online, which is a bit weird. Why is that? Don't know. Um, a lot of them is, say call call me a plastic, but I can't help where I live. Um, no, uh, it's just just a bit weird. I think it's because I posted a tweet once when uh, loads of West Ham fans were kind of mocking Tottenham for leaving um, for exit in the Champions League, and I was kind of like, I don't get why we do that because we've never even got there. It's like kind of like mugging your mate off for getting dumped by Mila Kunis. It's like we <laughs> we we don't we didn't even get close. Um, so. Yeah, they, they they didn't seem to like that, but um, no. Whether I love it or not, I'm uh, I'm a West Ham fan till I die, Jim. Yeah, that's how it goes, isn't it? I mean, I've had run-ins with West Ham fans as well because where I'm from, I should technically support them. Really, um, I guess in that they're the, the closest team, but I'm not from a footbally family, so I I, I get, got to choose my own London team was was the way it seemed to work at our school. But I also used to work uh, in the off license at the end of the district line, uh, so on match days when West Ham had won or drawn or lost uh it was an absolute nightmare when they would pour out of the pour out the tube and just like just it was feral utterly feral <laughs> strange bunch us west ham lot what made you choose arsenal uh it was ian wright actually was uh was the the particular um catalyst but yeah i just i just sort of fell in love with them as you do so did you have that experience uh, of, of falling in love with your team or were you sort of like indoctrinated into it yeah i've i mean i've supported them for a as long as my memory serves me but there I do have a lovely memory of I think it was on my 12th birthday my dad got me tickets to um, go and see West Ham play Bolton in the fifth round of the FA Cup I believe it was a replay and when those tickets fell out of my my birthday cards tears fell out of my eyes at the same time like it was unlike anything like that that feeling and well I think uh, you've probably had a load of guests say a similar thing but that moment when you first go to, to your ground and you first see your team live it's just oh, it's just you, you can't explain it you can't put it down into words so yeah and we were Bol- Bolton were a bit of a bogey team back then as well and we beat them 2-1 in extra time flares went off it was absolute scenes so 
yeah, I think that was probably the moment, mate, that I, I fell in love with them properly. That is lovely. So um, we're going to move on to your team quickly, but I, I want to ask you about something first. You've, um, you're the second guest ever to choose not to go with a goalkeeper. Is that, is that a tactical decision because you're putting yourself in goal or are you just comfortable that you can rotate? I'm, I, I have my eyes on a goalkeeper. I, I won't give any spoilers away just yet, but I, I, I'm very familiar with the show. I'm a fan of the show and I know I'm allowed one non-footballer and that person will be my goalkeeper. Nice. Okay. So we will get to that. All right. Well, then before, let's let's just kick it off before we get to your uh, to your non-footballing guest. Although I suppose you can start with him if you want. Um, yeah. I mean, who do who do you want to pick first? I think we'll let's go for my favourite ever player, Jim, of all time. Let's go for Paolo Di Canio. Paolo Di Canio. I mean, yeah. I mean, he is he is one of those. I mean, obviously, there's a very unsavoury side to his character that you can't really ignore. But you you just you have to mention it to get mentioning it out of the way, so you can talk about all the fun stuff, <laughs> yeah. really. So yeah, um, but yeah, he he was one of those one of the real kind of just firecracker players of of the sort of Premier League era, wasn't he? But I'm I'm worried about you as player manager, though. How are you going to keep him in check? I don't mind if he keeps me in check. To be fair, I'll t- I'll take a ba- <laughs> I'll take a back seat role. Do you know that when he when he was a child, he was actually quite overweight, apparently. And uh, it, his nickname when he was a kid was uh, Paloca, which roughly translates as lard ball. And he also, he wore orthopedic shoes as well. And like, he had to really like fight his way, not just to football, but to, to be fit enough to become a footballer in the first place. And I wonder if that's why he's like he is, you know. He's, he's had to sort of bring this intensity to everything. Yeah, maybe that's where he got his passion from, for all the kind of like, the, uh, sometimes like kids and that that don't have the easiest start in life, that they find a bit of a, a fire in their belly from somewhere, don't they? And you often hear stories of like from zero to hero, for, for lack of a better term. But yeah, no, I didn't know that. What was his, what was his nickname again? Paloca. And I'm not sure oh. if that's the right pronunciation, but it but it is lard ball is the oh. translation. <laughs> it sounds a lot cooler, doesn't it? It, than it is like it really does yeah <laughs> i wouldn't call oh, him that him. i mean I, <laughs> not to his face no i can't imagine as a kid he must have been must have been terrifying even then but he <laughs> yeah. he must have you love those players when they play for your team though don't you like they are they're just the best thing that that's ever happened to your club when you've got one of those absolute lunatics on your side yep 100 percent. he's one of the first real kind of legends that i remember because i've obviously grown up and my dad's told me stories of Bobby Moore and and Tony Cotty and people like this, but I don't I don't really know. Like even people like Julian Dix were a little bit before my time, but the Canio that was when I was really really starting to learn and fall in love with football. And I've got I've got one of the memories of the Canio that I hold fondly is when he scored against United to knock Manchester out of the FA Cup, put it past Barthez. Um Yeah, it's just oh god. So so good. There was. Do you remember micro stars? Were they the football statues with little heads? Yes. Or big heads? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, one of the first Christmas presents I ever got my dad. And you know, when you're young, so you're like your mum will will pay for it, but you'll say it's from you anyway or whatever. Yeah. I got my dad a micro star, and it came in this packet, so you couldn't see which one it was. And there was about four hundred different players you could get. And he opened it up on Christmas Day, and it was the Canio. And I just remember absolutely going mental running around the house. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, that's uh, beautiful memories with old Paolo. That is brilliant. As well, also, I mean, you can't really talk about Paolo Di Canio without talking about the time that he, he pushed over Paul Alcock when he played for Sheffield Wednesday. That was... 
I don't know if you if you would have remembered that at the time. Do you remember that happening? I don't remember it happening, but I'm very aware, and I think I've watched it numerous times on YouTube. So it, that sort of went viral before going viral was a, a thing. Yeah, like it, was yeah. like, it was like the world stopped. Just <laughs> like everybody, like you, you would you'd phone people. You would you would pick up your house phone and go, "Have you seen what Decanio's done?" It, it was absolutely incredible. Just the way the referee falls over as well. He he does it in about fifteen different stages. Yeah. Just a glorious Staggers thing to And another thing from that clip, I don't know if you're aware, but because it was against Arsenal, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Have you seen, uh, who is it, um, Nigel Winterburn's reaction in that? Uh, I can't say I remember it off the top of my head. Right, you'll have to you'll have to search this up on YouTube tonight. You, go, go and, go and ch- find the clip again, because um, <laughs> Winterburn is going mental at Decanio as he's walking off, and Decanio turns around and like faints like going to hit him, and I've never seen a man flinch so badly and <laughs> you just have to check it out just for that brilliant That's great but he, it's, it's very easy to get caught up in in this side of De Canio's, uh character wasn't it and 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 not remember what an amazing player he was there was a time where Alex Ferguson wanted to sign him this is when he was at West Ham as well could you imagine imagine that that fire at Man United at that time but he he was just such a slick silky player as well and he scored that brilliant scissor kick like how, how, I'm assuming you're going to deploy him up front in your team. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, I mean, all of his questionable things aside, he actually did do some kind of like morally good things on the pitch as well. Like, do you remember when um, he caught the ball against Aston Villa because the keeper was injured, but the ref played on and it came to him and he could have just put the ball in the net, but he caught it. But yeah, no, to have him, because this is what I'm doing as well, Jim, I'm kind of, because I play in a -a five-a-side team at goals in Norwich. So I'm kind of just imagining him there and comparing him to the kind of, clientele of players that you get up there so so uh De Canio um he's a bit of a nasty bugger um and and every team at goal seems to have one of them have one of them yeah. so so he'd be, might as well have the ultimate one yeah he'd be my little hothead up front Funnily enough, I do actually picture all of these games taking place at goals in in Norwich. Uh, <laughs> always Norwich. Yeah, always always Norwich. <laughs> Showing that great agility of his again. He's through on goal. Is he going to score? Yes, he is. Surely. Oh, look at that. That was nasty. But he walked through them as if it was a Sunday afternoon stroll. He was stuck on 13 goals since the seventh of last month. So who have you gone for after Paolo? Right, okay. So I'm only allowed two players that are kind of connected with my club, right? With West Ham. Uh, not just your club, just with, with any particular club. It's just to stop people stuffing the team with, uh, you know, players from the same team. But you are, you've got another one. Yeah, I've got another West Ham one. Uh, I've gone for Joe Cole. Nice. So Joe Cole is roughly a year older than I am. And um, as as we know, I grew up around uh, a very West Ham supporting area and and, and lived in Bow in, in later life as well. Um, I honestly think I've been aware of Joe Cole since he was about twelve. Right. Like yeah. The, the hype around Joe Cole in the area was I've 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 not known a hype like that about a young player since. But honestly, since he was a child, people had been saying, "Oh, you got to wait for Joe Cole to come through. He's going to set the world on fire." And he was, you know, he, he was a fantastic player on his day. Mm, I've got I've got very early memories of Joe Cole in that massively oversized West Ham shirt. Um, I can't remember what, what shirt it was, but the one with the collar. And um, yeah, no, he was just, he is so skillful as well. I was... I was thinking of Joe Cole, obviously, in, in prep for this. Do you remember? 
I don't know if it was match of the day. It could have been the championship show where one year when we got relegated. But there was like a there was like a new intro they did, and they had a little clip of Joe Cole doing keepy ups at a bus stop. I, that does ring a bell. Yeah, I think he does like a rainbow flick over his head or something. I think I attempted that numerous times <laughs> <laughs> around bus stops in Norwich. But no, he's just a, just oh god, everything about him, he just looks like the greatest footballer in the world. Yeah. He just fits that mould. There is an idea about Joe Cole that he didn't perhaps live up to his potential because of the injuries that he had, which is, you know, I think possibly reasonable, but that's not to take away from the the things that he did achieve because he he actually achieved a lot. And it was so, there was a time where I think he was England's best player for a, he was very consistent for for England for for a while. And um, it, it was so nice to have an England player that could beat a man and beat a man well and and with pace and it must have been great having that in your West Ham team as well yeah 100% he didn't really he didn't really play like an English player did he he had a bit more flair about him than your typical English midfielders but what about that goal against Sweden oh man I I feel like this is the most underrated England goal like of all time do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like maybe because it was such a rubbish World Cup from England's point of view, but it was brilliant. Oh, was it a World Cup as well, was it? It was, 2006, yeah. Oh, my God. I remember being cooped up in my bedroom, pretty much like I am now, actually. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just as a young lad and just seeing that fly in the top corner, it's just, oh, God, so sexy. And it, it did that really satisfying thing of going into the corner, but then rolling across the rest of the net. Just <laughs> like, oh, man, it just... <laughs> Yeah. Oh God! I, I, any excuse to think about that, I'm getting goosebumps. Even even just remembering it. Same, hundred percent. I just feel like every kind of, whenever I play football at, at goals, I, I like to imagine myself as a bit of a bit of a Joe Cole, and I'm nowhere near it. So to have the actual <laughs> Joe Cole would um, definitely definitely be a massive plus for my team. Yeah. Do you think he'd still um, put his tongue in his cheek when he runs he always used to do that didn't he Jack Wilshere yeah, does yeah. it as well it's like, it's like I don't know it's like it powers their football brain or something I've, I've got I feel like I do something like that though I, I, I don't know I just a lot of people used to say I do a similar thing I look like I'm gurning when I play football more than Phil Jones yeah that's it yeah uh, in my in my head I think I'm Joe Cole but realistically I'm I'm Phil Jones that's a shame that's a real shame isn't it so um yeah, I, I I really think that Joe Cole is exactly the sort of player you want on your five-a-side team. You would want someone where I think they'd surprise the opposition with how good they are. Like you know, you know when you come up against a player in five-a-side where like you can tell they're pr- they are properly decent. They're not just decent for a group of people having a kick about over over goals. They are they can really properly play. And I think Joe Cole would just he would scream that. Do you remember that story about him getting falling asleep at a party? Someone punching him for leaving West Ham and then him basically running out of it in his pants. No. Yeah, I mean, that is the whole story. Uh, but it, it's it's a weird one, isn't it? It's a really, really strange one. <laughs> was it the Canio punching him with a fish? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. But it's, it's a strange situation where you think... What was going on at that party? Who knows? But you don't expect to hear that story and conclude that the, the person running away in their pants has actually done nothing wrong. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Joe Cole seems too cool to... Well, to be fair, if he ran away in his in his pants, I imagine he'd still look cool. That's just Joe Cole. Yeah. <laughs> I'll allow it. I'll allow it. <laughs> yeah, he'd still beat a man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Beckham squeeze him across here. Crouch is waiting there. So too is Lampard. 
Good defending by Tobias Linderoff. Joe Cole, why not? Swinging shot, brilliant! Oh. Why not? Absolutely fantastic goal from Joe Cole. So that, that's your West Ham quota, I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's move on, though, to your next midfielder. Uh, if you like. Who have you got? I've gone for my favourite ever non-West Ham related player and that is Paul Scholes. Paul Scholes. He's a proper players player, Paul Scholes, isn't he? The list of players who say that he's like the best they've come up against or like the best of his generation is it's crazy it's absolute we're talking Pele and Socrates and Xavi like players like that absolutely love him yeah there was that graphic that went around wasn't there a few years ago on social media of all the quotes from the different players now I obviously I watched Paul Scholes a lot that was definitely my prime kind of when I was in love with football the most Paul Scholes was kind of like the poster boy for the Premier League back then and um, I, I don't know if if I'm being influenced by that one graphic, but <laughs> I mean, it's a hell of a graphic to be influenced by. If, the, if those quotes are accurate, and I haven't done my research, but if they are accurate, then what a, what a roster of people that hold him in such high esteem. It's just incredible. They are very much accurate. And he's. I think he's got one of the, sh- the sharpest football brains we've ever seen in England, really, because he wasn't a particularly pacey player, was he? He didn't really dribble that often. But he didn't. He didn't need to do those things because his his awareness and his vision and his ability to just execute something as he thought of it was just unrivaled. It was it was ridiculous. His skill set. Yeah, he he was wasn't he the king of like just the long kind of like sweeping ball over the top and and just like the big through balls and stuff like that. Which, come to think of it, on a five side pitch, not really, not really <laughs> what you what you want long balls through like that. But then he was also. He, he could he could absolutely smash a ball as well. So just give it to Scolzi on the halfway line and let him bang him in the top corner. Yeah, you can put him in goal. Yeah. <laughs> have, have him taking goal kicks, he'll probably get you four or five in a game. Maybe that's what I'll do. Have you do you remember that story? Um you'll probably remember it better than I can, but there was something about Cristiano Ronaldo when he was at Man United, um, and about hitting a tree. Yes. Does that ring any bells? It does ring. It's, it's quite a famous story, isn't it? I wonder if it's apocryphal, but um it's there's been a lot of I I, I think it was obviously everyone was very impressed with Ronaldo in training for whatever reason. And um I think someone rolled the ball to Skulls and he was like, watch this. And he just curled it into a tree that was like, I don't know, the story, it, it seems to get further away every time. Doesn't it? It, was <laughs> yeah. like it was three miles Six away. Miles. It was yeah. on Man City's training ground. Like it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was yeah. Anfield, I don't know. But like, that's the story, isn't it? That he could just choose to just smack it into a tree from a long, long way ago because his accuracy was that. Was that good? But there are so, if you watch like videos of Skulls' best goals, a lot of the long rangers, they're not just like, they're not ones where it's just it was far out and that's impressive. They move in the air in an, in a crazy way because he can hit a ball that hard. Have you ever played against someone who can hit a ball like that? Because you hear it coming through the air at you. You hear it fizz. Yeah, and especially if that's one of those old mitre balls, you just wouldn't be able to walk for about a week. It's just yeah. playing in, in December down some like terrible little park in, in Norwich, getting hit by them. Yeah, 100%. I've been there too many times, Jim. And another thing about um, what you were saying about skulls, just not just hitting it. Nine times out of ten, it was like on the volley or like a scissor. Do you know what I mean? It was just like he he was just he was just unreal. And, and as I said, definitely my favourite ever non-West Ham related player 
but just just a bit boring, isn't he? Now, well, that's that's quite nice, though, isn't it? It's just a normal bloke. <laughs> you know how Andy Murray's just a really normal bloke, and he's really annoyed that anyone should think he should be anything other than a normal bloke. So I'm a, I'm amazing at tennis slash football in both of these people's cases. Should that not be enough? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, he does it yeah. for the love of it. But yeah, I quite I quite like that about him, to be honest. I mean, it probably helped him as well that there were so many other players of that era that were getting the headlines, and he could just get on with it. Yeah, I, I, you've you've compared him to Andy Murray there I kind of I've got a mental image of Paul Scholes having his own kind of like Judy Murray who's like teaching him how to like smash volleys <laughs> in from 40 yards that's the dream world I want to live in yeah. you see that tree <laughs> um, are you worried about his tackling though because it was always sort of dogged him isn't it this idea that he was a he was a bad tackler and I, I maybe it was a myth maybe maybe it's too long ago but I'm I don't really I don't know if it was a myth because he got sent off four times I think in the Premier League possibly in other competitions as well 97 yellows fifth highest ever yeah no he he it definitely was not a myth I saw a montage on, on on Twitter I think it was a couple of months back of all his terrible challenges and there were a few terrible ones in there but goals there's a don't know if you can swear on here, but there's a lot of bastards at goals, isn't there? Um, so uh, you you need your Decanios, you need your Paul Skulls. This is kind of like a theme that I've gone for in, in my team that will become clear as we move move forward. But you need them hard hitters, and um, I'm not really, I can't I can't throw a punch, Jim. I'm not a violent man, so I need these players to back me up when other players come in i thought all youtubers were also boxers now mate is that not gonna <laughs> well, like at some point. Uh, well i sometimes go down the gym and punch the the punch bag but that's that's about as far as it goes i, th- I think youtubers me included we're just mouthy do you know what i mean we just we're, we're all bark um oh, no bite that's all right then you can just you can wind everyone up and set palo on them you'd be all right yeah yeah, Paolo or Paul or, yeah. There's a great quote from Skulls um, that I think might explain the sort of tackles thing, uh, which is, if someone got me early in the game, it was always in the back of my mind that I needed to get them back. So I said, oh, he probably could tackle, but he just chose to just dish it out quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. So, um, okay, who, who have you got next? Let's hear it. Right, okay, so I've gone for... Paolo's a, a bit nasty, Skulls is a bit nasty, Cole's got flair. I've gone for another kind of like... Well, no, actually, I wouldn't say he is. This is a man that's going to do all of the boring stuff well. I've gone for Andre Iniesta. Andre Iniesta is one of my favourite players of all time. I'm delighted that you've brought this to the table. And, I mean, I, does he do just do the boring stuff well? Because he did some pretty exciting stuff as well. True. I mean, he scored a winning goal in a World Cup final, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, to be fair, was so boring though, wasn't it? <laughs> it, it was so awful. It was a bit of a boring one, yeah, to be fair. Um, he's just the greatest player that I've ever seen live I think um yeah he just he looked like I know this is such a cliche but he looked like he could play football walking yeah I think there's actually probably quite a good reason for that because where he grew up he, he didn't grow up in Barcelona he, he ended up um 
moving to the the academy until Lamassey are quite young. But uh, the, what, it was such a small place. There wasn't a football team, so he grew up playing futsal, which obviously is at a much slower pace with with a smaller ball. So perhaps um, that's why. I mean, the, that futsal is credited with a lot of the Spanish and also sometimes South American players for having the sort of technique and close control that they have. Iniesta might have benefited from that. But I feel like he's probably one of the players who is most sort of hard done by by the Messi Ronaldo duopoly of individual accolades uh, in in the in the time that those players have been a- active because he's I th- he's he's won so much he's won everything worth winning yeah like four Champions Leagues you know like obviously won all that stuff with Spain like and I just I love how he could. I love the way he could just ghost past players, and again, not particularly fast, but he could still beat a man with 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 ease, and then beat another one and another one, and then just lay it off with precision from miles away. Mm-hmm. I know, and I know, I know. Obviously, Messi is out of this world; like he's superhuman. He's he's an alien. But how I'd like to know the stat of how many kind of Messi goals Iniesta contributed to. Do you know? Because I, I I bet it's I bet it's well up there. It was. It's kind of like you'll know this better than I do. My my football knowledge outside of West Ham isn't isn't too great, but it was like when Van Persie was banging them in for for Arsenal, wasn't it? Alex Song had some kind of crazy kind of assist record or something like that. Maybe he did actually. Yeah, he, he um, it was specifically with through balls from midfield. That was a very weirdly fruitful. Like like a special move, almost like a tag team special move. Um, but yeah, I mean Iniesta obviously would have would have laid on a hell of a lot of goals for uh, for, for Messi. But uh, just after he arrived at, the, at Barcelona, Pep Guardiola was actually the captain of the team at that time, and um, he told Xavi, who was who was on the on the way up as well, "You're going to retire me. This lad, as in Iniesta, is going to retire us all." And that is a, wow. that is a hell of a, a chain of uh, succession there, isn't it? And He's he's funny, isn't he? Because I I do think he's one of the the best players of all time. But he isn't someone that you associate with goals necessarily, you know. And that's always a sign that someone was something absolutely special because you're not just looking at pure numbers. You're remembering what they actually did in front of you. Yeah, he wasn't really kind of like a headline maker, really. That I think that's why I probably somewhat inaccurately but called him boring just because <laughs> he was he, he was so good. He just did everything right. There was never anything to really report home. To, do you know what I mean? Do you know what I'm trying to say? Oh yeah, completely. Oh, Iniesta was brilliant again. Similar to Skulls, really. They had quite different skill sets, but they were they were just the player that just they they ne- you never saw them play badly. No, you never saw them be anything below exceptional, really. And and to the point where the standard's so consistent that it almost does get a bit boring, doesn't it? There's nothing to sort of like to, <laughs> yeah. to sort of write home about because it's oh yeah, Iniesta was a absolutely ridiculously amazing again so, so no news basically <laughs> yeah you just kind of like begging for them to do one poor pass or something just to spice it up a bit but yeah you, you've seen him live haven't you i have yeah i saw him play in the champions league final actually in 2009 and i believe he played when i saw them beat inter at the new camp as well and yeah he's, he's a special player where was he that you saw him I saw him play against, uh, who was it now? Play against Atletico in the quarterfinal of the Champions League. I've only been to the to the new camp once and it, it, it was that. Um, and he was just, he was just unreal. He didn't, I'm pretty sure he didn't break his sweat. He kind of just floated across and um, yeah, it was just, it was just unreal. The, the, the one game that I've actually been to at that stadium, as I say, um, Messi didn't really do anything. So Iniesta was the one that kind of really stood out for me. 
But yeah, I'm not using that game as a benchmark to describe Messi's career because we we all know. Yeah. <laughs> Don't rate I was him. Surprised Don't that... rate him. That's all I'm live. Wasn't into it. <laughs> I listened to um, the one of your previous shows. Um, I can't. The, the, the guy's name escapes me now. But the guy from the Arsenal blog, um, one of the recent episodes, yeah, um, Andrew Mangan. Yes. Yeah, he picked because um, he was it him that picked Messi, and yes, I, I was surprised that so few people have picked Messi on 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 the show. But do you think it's because it's just one of those obvious ones? It's almost like your favourite superhero being Superman, isn't it? I think. Right. It's a bit true. It's a bit obvious, so maybe people want to. Um, yeah, but I appreciate the tactics of picking Messi because it, it's Messi and he's going to ruin you. Um, but yeah, I'm I, yeah, I, I'm I'm surprised and also not surprised at the same time. I feel like um, with both of those players, actually watching those great Barcelona teams, um, you know, because Messi and Iniesta were at the centre of so many of them. It was always a really brilliant, exhilarating thing to watch them as a as a sort of neutral fan. But as a you know as a person who supports a team that played against Barcelona and got absolute lessons off them a lot of times honestly man like honestly even including like England penalty shootouts things like that it the most stressful football experiences I have ever had like it's it's like they've got you in a vice like getting the ball yeah. for long enough to build an attack was so so difficult and then when you did it fell to Nicholas Bentner so it was just like just an exhausting thing to watch but he was such a big part of that because he was he could just keep the ball in seemingly any situation. We talk about him like he's not still playing. He's in Japan at the moment, but but yeah, he's, some of his nicknames tell the story. Really, he's got obviously you know as 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 seemingly every European great has. He's got many great nicknames, which include the Illusionist, Oof. the Brain, the Anti Galactico, and this is my favourite one, the Pale Knight. Like, oh, that is oh, that is quite. God. I love it. I love it. Same team of nicknames there that's what i'm building just if you've got a fancy nickname you're you're in the side basically <laughs> oh no yeah I've, I've fallen in love with him a little bit more doing this podcast so thanks for that jim no, oh, you're I might, i'm gonna put an, uh, an nes the poster up on my on my bedroom wall later i think but it's messy it's iniesta and the chelsea fans cover their eyes in horror two minutes from time Cool. Well, you've got one more outfield player, Jack. So, um, Spill, who is it? I don't have a defender in my team yet. So, I'm going to go for a defender. Now, before I say my last pick, I want to just give an honourable mention to Thomas Repka because he, he, <laughs> <laughs> he was very close getting in my team. As I said, it was going to be a team of, team of bastards, but I'm going to go for Philip Lahm. This is a great shout. I, I Again, I love Philip Lahm. He's one of those really interesting players because he um he seems to be able to play in a lot of different positions he, he was a right-footed player who played at left back i'm really intrigued by that he's like are you aware of rafa nadal's big left arm uh <laughs> when you say no this is a bit of a tangent you, am i aware that he has one or is that is it like more of a thing so rafa nadal is naturally right-handed right. but he taught himself to play tennis left-handed because it's generally harder for most opponents to return serves and to, to play tennis against a left-handed player and because for whatever reason just if you look at any picture of Rafa Nadal his left arm is massive we're talking like winter soldier massive like it it's so weird and I always whenever I think of Philip Lahm I think why has he not got a massive left left leg <laughs> why does that only happen to Rafa Nadal <laughs> That's such a weird comparison to make. Yeah, quite an odd man, Jack. <laughs> oh, fair enough. 
Fair enough. Well, I just, um, yeah, Philip Lahm again, just got beautiful memories of him just dominating World Cups and, Am I right in thinking he scored quite quite a few screamers, didn't he, Lam? Yeah, he had a habit. I don't think he scored that many goals. I remember he scored the first goal in the 2006 World Cup against Costa Rica. I remember watching that um, at my mum and dad's house. I think it would have been back then. And um, yeah, he. I think he he had a he had a penchant for uh, popping up with 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 like screamers for by defender standards, as I, as I remember it. But he, um, you know, he. He just he played as a left back and a right back and a defensive midfielder, and they seem like very different skill sets to me. Do you know what I mean? I mean, can you imagine Aaron Cresswell like suddenly turning out <laughs> next to Declan Rice next Ooh. season for West Ham? It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I cannot. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I think I think Lam had some. I'm I'm trying to Google it now. Um, I think he had some massive calf muscles on him. That might be why you're thinking. No, maybe it isn't cut, Lam. Just in a picture of him, normal legs. So we'll ignore that. We'll ignore that. Just trying to work out. I'm still trying to get into your brain of the the Nadal comparison. That's what I'm doing there, Jim. Yeah, I just, I if, if you Google a picture of Rafa Nadal's big left arm, you, you'll <laughs> see the thing, and you and you will also never be able to stop thinking about it. So that's that's probably why. I'm I think actually, you need to see that rather than Lam. I'm going to do it right fair. now. I'm going to do it right oh, now. Let's and, do it. And so should all the listeners. Exactly. Yeah. Actually, wait, as you're listening, do it. I promise you. If you've not, I mean, you're not aware of this, it's about to blow your mind what <laughs> yes see how have you never noticed that that's the first thing i thought <laughs> that's it's mental. so big that's i might can i can i choose nadal to go in goal for me <laughs> <laughs> and just stand on the right side of the goal and just put his arm out and catch it oh god yeah that that's that's pretty incredible <laughs> not sure how we got here from philip lamb but no i'm not either it's just sort of happened doesn't it but yeah so Lam, obviously, as you say, is a defender and a defensive midfielder, and I suppose a defender on both sides as well, which is ideal. Like I'm going to go ahead and assume that you're probably going to be hanging back quite a lot when you're on the pitch. So Lam's not a bad person to have next to, is he? Yeah, 100%. I, I mean, I, I think I'm a little bit handy at football, but I can't imagine I'd get in a midfield free with Joe Cole, Paul Scholes and Iniesta. It'd be tight. Uh, <laughs> Joe Cole might get the chop. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll play at the back. I, well, Lam can have the full the full 50 minutes or whatever, and I'll come on just just to sure things up when we're already like 20 nil ahead at the end. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of Lam, but the thing is, he is known for being very private as well, which is the same with Iniesta, same with Skulls. So I think like I like that you've got these very sort of gentle personalities obviously not necessarily the case on the pitch and then you've got paolo in there as well that's um it's going to make the post-match drinks interesting that's what you want though that's what you want you get characters up goals my um, and my five side team you I, I like the idea that you're gonna have a bunch of five lads walk onto the pitch and not know what they're gonna get they could get their shin snapped or they could get a lovely little <laughs> kiss on the back of the neck and i, and I, yeah. I like that mystery yeah indeed should be picked up there on that left side by Lam. Chances here, and the Costa Rica goalkeeper is beaten! And Germany! Extraordinary start. So, um, we've already alluded to a little bit of mystery by half a. Uh... Or partially spoiling uh, what, uh, who you've gone for as your, as your non-footballing sub. So let's move on to that. Who is it? Well, as you said, quite rightly at the start, I don't have a goalkeeper. Um, so I've gone for Jason Statham, specifically as the character Monk from the film Mean Machine. Lo- lovely to get Statham in there. Um, 
Which is like, I, I like the idea of him being fictional, but because Jason Statham sort of plays Jason Statham all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of yeah. get both. Yeah. <laughs> he's just, uh, he's, have you, I, I assume you've seen the film. You know what? I haven't seen the film. Um, oh, you haven't no, seen the yeah. film. So t- talk me through what it is about um, Jason Statham as Monkey Mean Machine that has made you fall in love with him so much. So I will just caveat what I'm about to say by saying that I haven't actually seen this film in years, but from what I can remember, if my memory serves me right, it's about it's it's a t- it's about a prison football team. So they're all they're all inmates, they're all convicts, and Jason Statham plays like the most scary mental inmate ever. I think he has to be chained up twenty four seven, and um, they only let him out to to play in goal. But there's like a, I think that I remember a famous scene of him going up for a corner in very early on in the game, but he just runs all the way up the pitch and just two foot someone in the side side of the face almost so i am um, <laughs> as we've as we've um discussed i've got a team of half of them are nutters and half of them are very lovely men he definitely falls in 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 the first category there and he's he's if you saw monk running at you jim it's a bit of homework for you later mate go and check out a, a clip on youtube uh, after you've seen nigel winterburn bottle it against um the cameo go and check out jason statham as monk in in mean machine seems like a fair exchange for ruffin adal's massive left arm to be fair <laughs> yeah we're all learning. so big it's so big um <laughs> yeah i think as well in five aside generally you know obviously the rules are different across the country but a quite consistent one is that goalkeepers can't leave the area which by this as you've described monk is probably a good thing but you might have to sort of i don't know chain him up to the like i don't know like yeah we can fitness do that. bands or something like so can he physically sure. can't get out we can do that have you heard as well a little bit of trivia about jason statham i'm from norwich which is um next to a little coastal town called lowestoft which is uh it's not a nice place really um and it, and it hardly have you heard of it does have you heard of lowestoft i i am I know the the word lower stuff, but I don't know much about his reputation. It sounds like a lovely place. That's surprising. It's it's, it's okay. It's just got a, it's just got questionable people there. We'll say that, Jim. All right, uh, but um, Jason Statham's. Let me get this right. Let me get this right because I'm going to be called out on Twitter if I get this wrong. Jason Statham's mum or dad has a market stall there, and apparently Jason Statham sometimes comes back from from wherever exotic in the world whatever exotic place he's been to and he sometimes does little shifts on the market store and lower stuff which is oh yeah insane that's nice you wouldn't get monk doing that i can tell you no you wouldn't no you, i mean i'm surprised you get jason statham doing it to be, to be honest but, um, <laughs> that's true that is true yeah it's, it's, uh, it's I, I really like jason statham like i feel like i mean i i haven't seen a huge amount of the things he's in because i don't i don't necessarily watch the type of movies that he would typically be in but i feel a sense of pride do you know? What I mean? Do you know some some British people? They go, they go, and they do well in other parts of the world. And you think, yeah, go on, yeah, go on, mate. Yeah, I feel like like that about Statham. I'm always, I'm on, I'm on his team. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I always want him to do well. Yeah, and he's on my team, but he has to be Monk in in Mean Machine specifically. Yeah, that's fair enough. I, I feel like Jason Statham is like what Vinnie Jones aspires to be. Yeah, I mean, and, and there's a lot of crossover with those two, isn't there? With um. Lockstock and Snatch was was he in Lockstock? I certainly, he was in Snatch, wasn't he? Statham. Um, I do fear for you. I have to say, in in the post match drinks, to come back to that again because obviously everyone, all of those other players, they like to sort of keep to themselves and 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 go home after a game. I feel like this is Paolo Di Canio and Monk forcing you and Joe Cole out on the town, and you're all waking up in a cell. 
<laughs> yeah, but that that sounds that sounds somewhat beautiful to me in a weird way, and I'll and I'll certainly take it. Sounds like it could be a script of a Jason Statham film. Absolutely, it's a slice of life. Yeah, certainly. No, I love it. Cool. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on the show, Jack. I massively appreciate it. Some great great ones. And a really good team as well. Actually, I think you'd be you'd be up there with with the sort of best actual teams in this uh, in this poorly defined league. Um, so yeah, again, thanks thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks, Jim, for having me on. It's been a pleasure. I'm a, I'm a fan of the show, so it's nice to actually be on it. No worries, mate. Thanks everyone for listening to this episode of Fantasy Five Aside. If you want to hear more from Jack, you can find him on his own podcast. Join him and Stevie White as they sit down for intimate interviews with celebrities and internet personalities on the Spotify original Jack Mates Happy Hour podcast. Thanks for listening, you lot, and we'll see you soon. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creator Network. 